So I want to start this episode off um, by just handing around a bit of food. <laughs> if that's all right. Neither of you are allergic to dark chocolate. Nothing nope. like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dom, if you want to take a piece and... Adam, if you want to take a piece, I'm not going to give David any. He's already had some. I have sampled the delights mm-hmm. of this chocolate. Uh, I just want to know what you think of it. It's it's well presented. Mm-hmm. It's in like a sort of gold. Well, it is plastic, but like this gold plastic tray covered by sort of gold foil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, it looks impressive. It's, the saliva from a mouth has disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, that is good stuff. Um, <gasps> That is not nice. I'm glad I have some I water. haven't got a drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. I boiled the kettle and everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this well, says you've, you've crippled uh, <laughs> producer Adam there. That's uh, it's a good that way of... genuinely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's a little bit of an acquired taste. I'll give you that. <laughs> we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, about how I wanted to try some proper, proper chocolate. This is 99% cocoa chocolate. Adam, your tongue is black. Uh, yeah. So that's fine. It was black when he came in here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it did that to your tongue, actually. No. That is that on yours? Have you fit it? Yeah, mm. it does. Wow. That is really bad. Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. As I've been saying, it tastes so bad, it's got to be good for you. It, I think it is. It Co- feels like you sort of eating a spoonful of cocoa powder basically yeah i mean how it manages to be 99 percent cocoa and still maintain its chocolate rigidity because to look at good. it it looks the part doesn't it yeah mm. yeah they've even got important tasting advice on it though recommending that you start off with their lower percent bars so 70 percent, then 85 percent, and finally 99 okay. so uh you've just dived in there as I said to Dan upstairs, you've just gone straight to Black Belt there. <laughs> and uh, you did it. You've got to eat the rest of it. You can't you can have it later. Have, have a rest. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode 53 of the Unraveling Technology podcast with me, Joe Tonks, David Johnson, Dom Harris, and Adam Willerton rocking the, the mixer over there. Um, greetings. We're going to talk uh, today a little bit about uh, Nintendo's announcement from last week, which was pretty much straight off the back of the last podcast we did. did. So it's had a few days to kind of, for all all the news, for all all the key points to come across. Mm -hmm. This is uh, Nintendo's foray into the, what generation are we on now? Is it eight? No? Uh, I have no idea. The next, next generation. Next next generation (laughs) of video game entertainment i mean i think the fact that we don't actually know what generation it is kind of speaks speaks volumes about how this generation's gone so far i mean we started Mm -hmm. off with xbox and ps4 and we've had a couple of sort of half steps last year with the the ps pro and and then we've got i think it's this year isn't it project scorpio uh yes it's the end of this year Mm -hmm. which is going to be microsoft's answer to that so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but yes, last week uh, Nintendo announced all the details for their upcoming uh, console, the Nintendo Switch, which pre- previously we've only had um, a, a short, I think it was a Nintendo Direct yeah. video about, which has some some jazzy, so, so some good, um, what's the word, I- identity stuff. Mm. I, I don't yeah. think they've struggled so much with the identity this time around. Yes. So, uh, Dom, are you 
Have you got a, a Wii or a Wii U? Uh, my housemate has a Wii U, yeah. I wouldn't buy one because there are no games for it that I particularly want. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably going to be the issue with the Switch as well. Uh, I think but... you're probably right there, yeah. So so just to talk about it, um, if this is going to be released on the 3rd of March... Uh, over here, it's going to be £279.99. Over in America, it's $299. So not a lot of difference there, despite the the different currencies in play. Um, any interest, either of you, based on what you've seen so far? Well, I definitely won't be buying it at launch, because there are seven games, one of which is fairly interesting, but... Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know. I think seven games is probably about par for yeah, the course, isn't that's, it? That's a decent launch lineup, I think. Yeah, I mean, um, whether you're into the games or not <laughs> is a different question. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the thing. I think only five of them are exclusive, uh, and only Zelda's a really big title. There, there are things like Bomberman. That are yeah, titles. I saw it's that. A, so. It to me, it's just it's not a. I don't know. There's, there's, there's just not a lot of, not a lot there for yeah. what we're, yeah, yeah, for for what they're kind of promising. What, what's implied yeah. by the price tag that they've attached to it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I, I got, I got up, I was kind of ready to maybe put down a pre-order if we are looking around the sort of two hundred, yeah, two hundred and twenty pound mark, which was something that, based on previous consoles they've released, looks like, yeah, could be a reality. But yeah, two hundred and eighty pounds out the gate uh, yeah. is quite a lot, and I, I think, uh, I mean, how much is a PlayStation or an Xbox these days? I think pretty close, if not under that. Yeah, I think the I got my PS4 Pro for three hundred pounds. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, well so, there you go. Yeah, and did that come with a game bundle or anything? Uh, no, no, it didn't. But it was still yeah. still uh, yeah. it's, it's a good piece of hardware uh, yeah established hardware yeah i suppose this still has has to prove its yeah. its worth and uh the main selling point for the switch i think at the minute is the uh or the the main game that they're releasing for it is the zelda game mm. which is 60 pounds uh yeah. which is it's hard to justify 340 pounds for a console in one game that is something, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so typically this, well, for the past, I'm not even going to say for the past 10 years, maybe the past 20 even. I know like back when they're releasing SNES games, mm. Super Nintendo games back in the day, they were about £40. Yeah. Uh, so for them to, but, but, but then also Nintendo 64 games, I remember going into places and seeing those when they were new and they were 50 or yeah. 60 pounds yeah mm. so is it about time after 20 get 20 years or so maybe for game prices to go up adjusting for inflation yeah. mm. things like that there's an awful lot that i've read about uh how this is it's kind of projecting for for brexit stuff they're kind of yeah. kind of expecting a parity between the pound and the dollar or something nearabouts. yeah i don't know if you've read that they're going to put up the price of apps on the app store Mm-hmm. on uh, Apple devices as well by, I don't know, whatever it is. 79p to 99p. <laughs> That's crazy. I was going to say, if they, <laughs> if they brought it up to a round number, that'd be nice. Just cap <laughs> it off at a quid. You know, then we won't have 
one piece everywhere. Yeah, but <clears throat> you're talking about like parity with the dollar because they their apps are ninety nine cents in the app store. Okay. So and ours have always been seventy nine p or was it sixty nine p originally? It was. I think shortly after we got our iPad twos, mm. it was it went up from sixty nine to seventy nine pence. Oh. Oh, I know. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Okay, well, that's fine. I'd like to see some conclusive tests on how much more people are willing to buy just because it has its 1p less. It's worth mentioning that, so Zelda is probably the big, the big name of the launch titles. Yeah. That is also coming out on the Wii U. So if you already yes. have a Wii U, you might, you may well have, been thinking about the Zelda game that's inevitably going to come out <laughs> yeah. for your Wii U when you bought your Wii U. Yeah. So you might have been a bit worried as well on the lead up to this because it's been a long time coming. Mm. I think usually with every Nintendo console you get one or two Zelda games. Yeah. So I think the the Wii got two, didn't it? It got um Twilight Princess and which was a GameCube yeah. game. Yeah. That which was got a GameCube ported. game. Yeah. It tends to be you see these things initially maybe as like a um, a benchmark or some sort of tool to say this is what we're capable of doing and then yeah you have to wait a good few years for it yeah uh, yeah so I, I i was almost kind of prepared for them to when they announced the switch to say oh and now the the zelda game is going to be a switch exclusive yes you could Although, imagine the outcry if they oh, had done that though <laughs> outcry from a very <laughs> small group of people who bought the wii u yes so Joe, you're you're a Wii U owner. Have oh. you any interest in Zelda Breath of the Wild? Um, to, I'm I'm big on uh, Zelda games, actually. Yeah. Um, that, but I'll be honest. Looking at this one, I'm not quite. I'm not digging it the way that I did with previous ones. Okay. You see, I think this one looks really good because I'm a fan of the big open world and. I I yeah, yeah. I can imagine you are. But um, I don't know. I feel like what they've essentially done is they've taken all the interesting parts of Zelda and thrown them to opposite ends of a massive field and then okay. said, here you go, go go hunt for everything. I'm more into kind of that structured experience of, you know, this was all, this was all handcrafted, quite tightly designed, whereas I think, and you find this with a lot of open, open world games, as they're called, that it seems to be a lot of a big fields and things like yeah. that with not a lot of content mm. in and a lot of filler a lot of hunting for stuff there has to be something to do mm. that makes it worthwhile you traversing this big world otherwise yeah. you may as well just like jump from place to place like yeah. go from yeah. one dungeon to the next dungeon yeah and this i mean we've we've both just recently finished the latest final fantasy and that's yes. an open world game um but it, and and initially I, I, you might you might differ from myself. <laughs> it was good because you get into a car and you drive from point A to point B. And you're taking all the sights yeah. and it's good fun. But then you quickly later on in the game get to a point where you're being asked to take X to location Y and then Y back to location Z, and you get to a point where it's as nice as the the vistas are. There is a lot of sitting and just waiting for this time to elapse while you get from one place to another and it's nice to just jump between them yeah so i i ended up using fast travel quite a lot yeah and yeah. uh doing things like resting where it's supposed to be handed in driving mm. over to where it is uh and then fast traveling back to where i rested so i didn't even have to yeah so i just left the car there and then 
could go back again if I needed to. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's quite good actually the fact <laughs> that you've got this car in this game because it, you do little things like you go to a um, like a service station to fill up the petrol and stuff, <laughs> and then you plan your journeys and you listen to music in the car. Kind of like what you could do in real life, <laughs> but <laughs> along the way, still seems get... still seems really bizarre to me to have a road trip and a car <laughs> in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, and that it took ten years to get to that point as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But so my my original question, though, I guess, was <laughs> as a Wii U owner, um, would you buy Zelda on your Wii U that you already own, or would you consider forking out? for a Nintendo Switch sort of prospectively and buy it on the Switch? I've read enough at this point that I don't think there's a big enough difference between the two for to warrant getting the Switch version. So from what I've read, both of them run at the same frame rates, uh, slightly reduced resolution on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other the other things that they say are are good features is something about the sound like 3D sound sounds supposed to be higher quality I think something yeah. like that which I don't really see at a certain point how it could be much better I can mean, the Wii U output 5.1 I think it can do DTS but not Dolby okay I want to say yeah I think that was the case with one of them it might have been the Wii but yeah. I, it might be the same for the Wii U because I know they get you have to pay a license or something for Dolby, yeah. and I don't think that they did that uh, historically. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 a good question. Um, I think based on the fact that the Wii U one is forty pounds, and the one on the Switch is fifty pounds as well mm. for more or less the same game. I tell you what, I think it is. I think it's uh, cartridges. So if a game comes on a CD, very easy to mass produce, make a lot of them very cheap. When you start talking about carts that need to go in it becomes a bit of a different story that might be why as i mentioned earlier nintendo 64 games 50 60 pounds yeah. whereas your discs usually about 40 yeah mm-hmm. so yeah to answer your question probably the wii u one if mm. i was gonna which i might not necessarily do <laughs> but on top of so you've got the console that's 280 pounds you've got the games that look to be 40 50 pounds each you've then got all of the extras <laughs> that you can buy so it comes with um, so the, kind of the USP this time around is the fact that it's portable. So it's to, to describe the basic setup of it, it's it's essentially like a tablet, isn't it? It's a tablet mm. uh, with a dock that plugs into your TV, so you can sit there, you can play this console on your TV, and then, uh, as the branding would have you believe, someone you know calls to you from their rooftop party on the other side of the street. <laughs> And you just dismount the switch and take it with you over there with the controllers, which you can mount yeah. on the side so it's more like a, a kind of portable yeah. system. So you have this, like, what do they call it? The Joy-Con grip, I think it is. Mm. Which is sort of this plastic shell that you slot these two controllers, the Joy-Cons, into. Yeah. It's got yeah. this left controller <laughs> and right controller that you slot into this plastic shell and use like a gamepad uh, while you're playing on your TV. And then when you want to pull your tablet out of its dock and take it with you to your friend's street party, you un- unhook these Joy-Con controllers from the from the grip and slot them onto the sides of the tablet. And then yeah. you've got this sort of tablet with control pads either side, yeah, and joysticks and but that's crazy more crazy number of buttons. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of if you were playing by yourself. But mm. then you could also say, "I'm over on my rooftop party." 
uh, another rooftop party. Oh. <laughs> and uh, there's lots of people gathered around the screen. You could, each each person could have half of a joypad. And then yeah. you can play it on a very small controller. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, admittedly. But you could play, you could play that way. Yeah, yeah well. so you've got, like, they're, both, they're different. The left one and the right one are different. But they've got kind of enough buttons. And they've got, sort of, you can either hold them vertically um just kind of like a Wii remote Wii mote mm-hmm. yeah used to work um and they've all got this kind of like gyroscopes and sensors and stuff so you can wave them around and things like that or you can hold them horizontally and use them kind of like game pads so you give your left one to somebody and your right one to somebody and they're both holding like kind of like an old game pad and playing off off your portable screen uh, there's lots, a lot of different yeah. sort of configurations and ways and that's even without mentioning things like they're selling a pro controller separately, which just appears to be a standard gamepad that you can yeah. plug in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've they've got some pricing on the website, which is, uh, again, outrageous. Um, so a pair of these little controllers will set you back £75, or you can buy individual ones for £43 each. You heard yeah. that. You heard that right. I mean, yep. if you consider that, what's a PlayStation Four controller? Is it? And gra- granted, there's, there's, you know, there's, it's a few separate components, yeah. but you're getting, you're getting two, yeah. two in one kind of vaguely. There's also, if you, um, I don't know how much you read or have seen about things like the HD Rumble feature oh. that they're putting in. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about the HD Rumble feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is. Coming back, I say coming back. Was it in the Wii U? I don't know if it was. I don't know if you did have Rumble in the Wii U controller or not. But at least in in the Wii, you had a yeah. Rumble. So you know you're playing mm. a game, you get yeah. that haptic feedback of you know you hit something and the controller rumbles. Nintendo invented it really in yeah. Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. Had, yeah. had the Rumble pack that you could it slot into the controller. Pack with the yeah. Lilac Wars. I yeah, think. Mm-hmm. I think I've that, still got the the giant box somewhere yeah, for yeah. that. Does that is it just me or does that still strike you as like a really weird feature? <laughs> it like it it's just it's ubiquitous now. So like every controller has rumble in it, mm. yeah. and it's just something you take for granted. Like you're firing a gun and your yeah. controller kicks back at you, or it's, there's an explosion or something, and the controller shakes. Yeah, it's something that I usually turn off because it annoys me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I quite like oh, wow. it, but. Yeah, it's just as it's a just concept, really, it's what, so Nintendo. Yeah. It's very yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, could be the best thing they ever did. Just <laughs> saying. Do you remember when the PS3 came out and they had? I don't think they had the rights, did they? They lost the rights to DualShock for a certain amount of time. So the PlayStation 3 controller initially didn't have a, a rumble in it. They yeah. were calling it Six Axis. Yes, mm. and they had brought it back eventually because yeah. people want to know where the rumble is, and it adds mm. a bit of heft to it as well that you don't get otherwise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can do some good stuff with it. So, is it Metal Metal Gear Solid Four? You've got a character, a recurring character in that, who's uh, sort of a, a has psychokinesis. And there's a bit where he asks you to physically put the controller down on a table, and then because <laughs> the motors are different size, you know, you can push yeah. left and the controller rumbles <laughs> left and right, and the controller rumbles I, right. I want to say that was in the original Metal Gear Solid as well. Yeah. There was. Mm. I th- was it in the? remake for the gamecube i don't know i don't i honestly don't i think i think i think it was in the psycho mantis fight which also has the famous bit of reading reading your mind (laughs) and telling you what kind of games you like 
whether it was actually reading the uh, the memory card yes. that you got into the computer yes. in, in the PlayStation and figuring out what save games you got. Yeah. There's so much stuff like that, so much brilliant stuff that I think we'll get lost to time now that we have. I don't know. <clears throat> it feels like everything's becoming a bit more. I can't, I can't think of the last time that I saw such innovation. Mm. <laughs> Donkey Konga. The bongos, <laughs> the, bo- the bongos with the microphone in, with the microphone in. So tap tap clap. Yeah, what a game. Uh, yes, the thing. So, well, you're talking about innovation and stuff. The Switch is loaded with just a million different ways that you could control games, and just mm. the the thing that I'm worried about is you look at that and you think there could be some really incredible really unique experiences that people build exclusively for this but with the fact that some people might prefer to play on pro controllers or you know you can't rely on having multiplayer unless you sort of hand over one of the two joy cons to somebody else so you're then limited to only having one or you know all of these kind of things there's so many different options and so many different ways you could play plus the fact that it's all exclusive to nintendo so if you were a game developer who's wanting yeah. to make something really clever and creative using these joy cons um you're entirely limited to the nintendo switch yeah. you can't put it out on a bunch of different consoles so that was a problem that the connect had eventually because mm-hmm. uh so microsoft tried to mitigate that by saying okay every xbox one comes with a connect so developers were like yes we can actually use the connect for fun things mm. uh, and then people hated it so they took the connect out and now no game uses it uh or it very becomes, few do it comes a bit of a chicken and the egg situation yeah. as well where if you don't have the games then people aren't going to buy the console but yeah. if you don't build the user base then people aren't going to want to create the games yeah yeah and you get into that vicious cycle. I think yeah. I think the last time that something really sort of unique and creative took on and people started making games for it was the Nintendo Wii. And yes. that was entirely... Yeah. Well, maybe not entirely, but I think a large portion of that was down to the Wii Sports games, which just really caught the public imagination and suddenly everybody wanted a Wii Everyone. so that yeah, they could they? play Wii Sports, yeah. they could play tennis on their on their tv and then because they got their user base then all these companies suddenly go oh that's a that's a console that's got you know millions of people who've got that in their living rooms let's start making some cool games for it or maybe not cool (laughs) or or maybe just shovelware rubbish on the wii is (laughs) unbelievable but uh yeah when it doesn't catch on like think of playstation move or connect or the wii u did not find yeah. the same audience as the Wii did yeah just you you just end up either with a console that is completely abandoned or like kind of arguably the Wii U is mm-hmm. or with a console that has these cool innovative features that nobody uses because they're wanting to make their game work across PlayStation and Xbox and yeah. Nintendo so they can't use the motion controls because the other the other consoles don't have that so yeah. why would you spend time and resources developing some exclusive stuff for your, your nintendo version yeah mm. and wii u suffered from a crippling identity crisis as well yeah oh yes they really calling it wii u 
<laughs> I think they, they just went through a phase of being really obtuse with their naming of things. So Wii U, new Nintendo 3DS, whatever yeah. they called yeah, it. It was the new Nintendo 3DS. There was the, 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 the new <laughs> 3DS, and yeah. then there was the 2DS, yeah. which I think has the opposite problem of being different enough that people would assume that they're not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they, they had a really hard time with it. <coughs> so the Wii U, people didn't know if it was a bolt-on to the original Wii or... Yeah, like could, could you just yeah. buy the tablet and plug it into your Wii? Yeah. No, but <laughs> but nobody was out there saying that, really. Yeah. No, real mixed messages, which is something I think they've really got right here with the name, yeah. with that iconic, you know, the logo with the sort of snapping yeah. click thing. The logo is good. Yeah. Did you... You're saying you didn't catch any of the presentation. Dom, did you catch any of the Wii... Uh, the, sorry, the Switch presentation? Um, a little, but not really. They were let me tell you very committed to the joke of let's switch over to this oh yes yeah. I, I did notice that <laughs> this yeah. this other person who's going to tell you about the next feature click of the fingers <laughs> like pretty much pretty yeah, much well, every like, section finished yeah. with them saying and now we're going to switch over to this guy who's going to tell you about mario yeah great great a little bit of brand identity but mm. then they can't do that without also shooting themselves in the foot so the other thing that they did was you talk about how Wii Sports was an integral part of the package because uh, it, it came packaged in it was yeah. like the thing that you do yeah mm. that you sort of you buy you your into Wii, this you plug console. it into the TV and then you play you put, bowling you put Wii yeah. Sports in how does this work oh that's how it works and then you understand the fundamentals of the Wii Wii U had Nintendo Land Yes. Exactly the same. It's a pack in with the console, has a few games, explains all the mechanics about the gyroscope and how you can use the screen and how it's different from what's on the TV. Yeah. The Switch, granted, it has that called One Two Switch, which is a selection of mini games, not a pack in. Adam, you're going to be very upset. <laughs> Why? 50 quid. If really? you want. Yeah. If you so... want the games that will. I will basically showcase what this console does. So I've not I've not seen a huge amount about One Two Switch. The kind of vibe I'm getting is it's not really the killer app for the Wii. Uh, for the, I keep saying Wii, it's not really the killer app for the Switch. Um, They've gone to all this effort to distance themselves <laughs> from the Wii, and you keep calling it. And the I Wii. keep yeah ruining it all. Um, for one thing, given that there's been so much focus around the screen and the fact that you can plug it into the tv or you can carry it around you as portable and it's you know that the premise of one two switch is that you don't look at the screen at all yeah <laughs> so you the idea is that you split up your two joy con controllers and you hold one and your friend holds one and you stare each other down in a variety of mini games <laughs> where you do things like milk cows or draw the switch uh, draw the joy con like a gun and try and shoot each other as quick as possible or yeah just a bunch of these kind of mini game experiences which also on my theoretical party on top of a roof you've a lot of these things well 90 five 100% of them require sound cues mm, for you to understand yeah. what's going on so maybe my <laughs> rooftop party would be okay but if we were to take this into more of a sort of thumping party environment maybe suddenly it's useless because you can't hear anything yeah you say that i don't know have you have you actually seen that because i wonder if it uses things like rumble in the uh, in the joy pads to say like do 
draw. <laughs> I think we benefit from Shoot talking about uh, HD Rumble as well, because uh, one of the games in the pack is one that... So, so essentially, the thing that HD Rumble does is it, uh, it, it's got haptic feedback that's precise enough to give you the impression that something's in your hand. So, so the famous example that they've shown is a cup full of ice. So you shake the controller and it feels like ice jostling around in a cup. And it's supposed to be good enough that you can tell the difference between I've got one cube of ice in this glass, I've yeah. got two, I've got yeah. three, now so I've got water in there. That's one of the games. So one of the games is um, you hold the controller and it, you pretend it's a box and then you roll it around and you'll hear um, like marbles inside yeah. and you have to guess how many marbles there are based on how you interact with it. Okay. Which is, if that's true... That's good. Mm. Yeah. That's that's the you know the the crown champions of rumble technology coming yeah. back. You see, to me that that kind of feels like if I get that right or if I get that wrong, isn't that more down to the programming and the rumble feature than my <laughs> me being good at the game? I don't know. I think if I gave you a box now with a bunch of marbles in and said how many are in there. That's that's true. I know you're going to have a go at me because I'm always <laughs> the guy that says this kind of stuff, but why? What is the point in that? Get a box and put some marbles in it and save yourself the money. <laughs> See, Adam, Adam, when you turn up to my rooftop party with a box full of marbles, I'm going to turn you away. But if you bring your new Nintendo Switch with its brightly coloured neon Joy-Con controllers, oh, one yeah. in red and one in blue, then, you know, come on in. Good luck playing it over the sound of me playing Donkey Konger in the background. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's the Switch. Uh, the other thing is um, they've this is the first time that they've had a paid online component. So it's been yes. a staple of other consoles, Microsoft, mm. Sony, for a while now that you pay a monthly fee and that gives you your access to their pretty good, generally, yeah. online services. Whereas Nintendo, who historically have got an <laughs> awful grasp of how the internet works, are now sort of lumbering into that territory, saying, give us some money and we'll, we'll get there's, you online. There's, uh, there's some doubts, I think, have surfaced over there yeah, yeah. online offering. Yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, it's so good. It's just everything <laughs> about the online component is so good. Uh, so it's not going to be something that you pay for at launch. Hmm. Uh, that sort I, of autumn time it yeah. is going to transition to a paid which you could interpret as a free trial but also yeah. from what I've read in interviews it's because it's not finished yet <laughs> uh, it's going to it's going to be released in time for the release of Splatoon 2 so Splatoon was pretty much the big yeah. one of the big killer apps on the Wii U and it was the first time that they really really hit the nail on the head with yes. multiplayer yeah really uh, really strong sort of following online around that game yeah. oh, with online multiplayer sorry yeah they're very, always very good at the local stuff um, so you've they're planning to bring in the subscription model I guess you know the, the first hit's free and then when everyone's clamoring to play some Splatoon 2 hit them with the monthly charges yeah uh, who knows what that'll be whether it's going to be the same as um, Xbox and PlayStation which is between four and six pounds a month mm. or whether they're going to go lower or higher they might do it, <laughs> it just to it annoy well Adam. Be higher, yeah <laughs> yeah but you also so the other two online services at the moment have it's kind of a video game rental component isn't it so every month yeah. as well as getting your online services they'll also give you 
a couple of free games. Yeah, they won't be you know blockbusters. Well, they yeah. might be, but old blockbusters. Yeah. Or... yeah. So the the kind of way that works is you are allowed to download those games in a, in the window of a month. And mm-hmm. if you download them, you save them on your hard drives, and you can play them indefinitely, even if you yeah. stop paying for the subscription that's right isn't it yes yeah you can just click get and it's essentially a free game yeah um so you don't even have to download it it can be okay yeah so you have to you have to kind of log in at some point during the month and say yes i want this yeah and otherwise keep the subscription rolling yeah Yeah, so you can't retroactively go and get games that you've missed yeah when you weren't a member yeah so nintendo's version of this (laughs) (laughs) a very nintendo way of doing things um, yeah, you uh, you have access to the game, and then you lose access to the game, even if you continue paying the subscription. Uh-huh. So it is literally rental. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's absurd and really big-headed, because they're, they're talking about virtual console games, so more yeah. so than new Switch games, they're saying, we'll go yeah. back to our extensive library of Nintendo yeah. products, and we'll give you one of those games for a month. And because our... Because our lineup is so good, you know, we can't let you keep it, Yeah. but you can play it for a month. I've heard some people defending this saying it encourages a kind of book club mentality yeah. where you get people who will invest in a certain game for a month and then that's over and maybe you, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe you've learned a bit of something about the history of Nintendo <laughs> through the, through playing ice climbers for a month i could i could kind of see that i mean for my my personal lifestyle of it took me what i don't know over a year to finish undertale which is not a long (laughs) game and is an amazing game yeah yeah that i was very much into but i don't think i would be playing and finishing a game in a month every month i am exactly the same so i uh Assassin's Creed Syndicate is one example. I've not finished that yet. Uh, that's been out for a long time now, and it it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it but is it's definitively the best Assassin's Creed. There, I said it. Over, over <laughs> Assassin's Creed Two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <It is. laughs> that's just my two. I think the setting has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I came out of that. It was around last Christmas. I was playing that game and it's you know Victorian film. Yeah. Because I played that game, I went and read a Christmas Carol that year okay. before Christmas. Okay, which is it, weird. But... It was nice for it to be London and really recognisable. Yeah, um, but I, I I still think Assassin's Creed Two was was one of my favourites. Yeah, like I thought that's, that's what everyone says. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'm, I'm obviously the odd one out here. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll take it. Um, the the only other thing to note about the online components is how you communicate. Have you heard this? Um, I think I picked up a bit on it. It was not very clearly stated in the video, but <laughs> the impression I was getting was that instead of like in a in a PlayStation or an Xbox where you do everything through the console and mm-hmm. send you have your friends list and you send them an invite to join you in the game you're in and stuff, it's all done through an app. Yep. So you oh. download an app on your phone. Okay. And that's how you communicate online <laughs> what do you think uh, we'll go live to adam for his reaction what do you think of that adam it seems like every decision they make is to make it worse than what's already available do you know what i mean like yeah we you. could just bring it up to standard but we're going to do it different and yeah. make it a bit worse yeah i think nintendo were very into the sort of innovating everything um they don't just like go 
let's take the status quo and add a little twist to it. Yeah. They go, let's completely throw that out and we'll do our own thing. And sometimes it really works. When it comes to something like the online world, which is very well established yeah. and there are ways you do things, yeah. then them coming out with things like, I mean, I guess it's an improvement over the friend code. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Well, that's not to say the friend code won't make an appearance. Yeah. I mean, even in the latest game they've released, which is Mario Run on the... Um, on the iPhone, yeah, that that's got friend codes in it. Yeah, so instead of typing like a friendly name or syncing email addresses or something, you yeah. have to type in a, a big like a 12, long. I think it's twelve. Digits. Twelve yeah. alphanumeric. 12 it's like it's like anti Nintendo though, isn't yeah. it? Because they they try and make things as accessible as possible, but then at the same time make it as difficult as possible <laughs> for you to do yeah. everything. That yeah. Mm. Like I enjoy the companion apps for PS4 and Xbox. So if uh, I'm organising playing a game with somebody, I will, and I'm not at the TV, then I can send mm. them a message via Xbox Live on the app. But most of the time, it's just an add-on, or you use it for the keyboard or something yeah. like that. But well, the other thing I thought so there was a lot of kind of people saying oh, why would i use an app on the phone if i could just call people anyway <laughs> <laughs> which i think is a bit it's a bit reductive there there are things that you can accomplish in an app that you can't i mean yeah. group conversations mm -hmm. is not something yeah. through cellular networks that is going to be as easy as through an app but there's other things so who's to say that games won't integrate with it yeah so we've said about how sound could be a big cue in a lot of games what if you could yeah. play one two switch with someone halfway across the world Granted, yeah. with latency, that's probably not yeah. going to be the case, but something like that would be feasible. Yeah. The other thing is, if you assume the demographic, as Nintendo tends to be, is airing on the younger side. Yes. A lot of people socialize through games these days, but yeah. you could have someone who doesn't own a Switch, whereas this would yeah. allow them to communicate with their friends who are playing online just yeah. by having the app. Mm. So you could, you wouldn't need the console to be part of that that system yeah. and then you're more easily tied in for when you do you know grab, grab yeah. the switch other thing is the battery life mm. so <laughs> get ready Adam brace yourself <laughs> uh, so um, we, we've talked a lot about the Wii and the Wii U but the other thing that we haven't spoken so much about is that Nintendo also make a lot of handheld games or consoles Yeah. so you've got uh, you had the, the DS and the, the 3DS. Which got <laughs> the DS, in. the DSi, the, uh, oh, the, the 3DS, 3DS, the, the, the 2DS, 3DS, the new t yeah. 3DS, yeah. DSU. Um, yeah. Um, so how is this having, how is having a portable XL. Oh, 3DS XL. XL? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah of course, of course. Uh, which uh, is a big thing over, especially in Japan. Yep. Although I hear that they, they, they're transitioning more into mobile devices now. So is this, as well as being a replacement for your Wii, Wii U, also going to be the new portable console? Because that's very much the impression you got from the advert, a guy sitting on a plane playing a Switch. They even, during the sort of showcase thing where they got all of their reporters to come and try the Switch hands-on, they mocked up the interior of an aeroplane for people <laughs> to sit in these sort of fake airline seats and play the Switch. Yeah, uh, and they've learned that it does have a kickstand as well. It's got a little bit of yeah. plastic that folds out so you can have it at a nice angle so you can sit there with the controller pretending yeah. it's a TV, which um, there was a, a game on the 3DS that they released, uh, Kid Icarus. Yeah. 
and that was so unwieldy to play and hold at the same time they actually released a small stand that cost like 10 quid <laughs> yeah. for you to rest the 3DS on while you played Kid Icarus because it was so <laughs> strenuous to play, which is not really the point of online gaming. Yeah. I mean, a, a mobile gaming. Yeah, the uh, the lifespan or the battery life, somewhere between 2.5 to 6 hours on a full charge, depending on the intensity of what you're playing. Legend yeah. of Zelda Call of the Wild is uh, about three, about hour three hours yeah. you'll get out of you you switch in mobile mode so it's not really portable uh, <laughs> well yeah yeah it dep- i mean for your commute yeah perhaps yeah and depending on the ease with which you can plug it in maybe yeah. it's still portable but requiring power and there's power yeah. outlets everywhere, yeah so yeah maybe not such a bad idea yeah uh, whether you can use it wirelessly because it does have it is wi-fi enabled yes. yeah Maybe you could tether it to your phone when you're out and about if you wanted yeah. to play online yeah. as well. Uh, so I've done that with my DS a couple of times. But right. And does, does that work? I mean, yeah. the cellular networks hold up to... Yeah. Oh, it did for the games. DS. Right. Um, I'm not sure it would hold up to playing Splatoon yeah. uh, over sure. online. but While on a train going through tunnels. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, then, maybe maybe no no replacement for the 3DS then. No, I don't think, I don't think it would be. And right, okay, yeah. I'm cautiously excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like, it's nice. It's nice to have new it's hardware new that things. you don't look at and go, why? Which we kind of did with the Wii U. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I don't, I don't know that it's going to blow up and be the next big thing. I don't know that anybody's actually going to make a a decent game that really mm. does something clever with all of their technology they've got in their controllers but you know it's i i'm going to watch it i'm not going to go out and buy one yeah. but i'm going to watch it and hopefully yeah. it will take off it'd be good if it did it'd be nice yeah, yeah. after after the wii u debacle it'd yeah be, it'd be good for them i just don't think it does either portable or not portable particularly well mm. it's just something that's that does both but both are kind of there are better options for both i mean it'd be good for like moving it from place to place yeah so if I went when I was more when I was younger you know I'd say oh bring yeah. your PlayStation yeah. over or whatever it'd be and nicer if if you could have a dock at someone else's yeah. house that you so could you can, bring slot it in you can buy a second yeah. dock you for can. 90 pounds 90 pounds Adam <laughs> or even if you're if you're a child and you're playing on the TV and then your parents come in and say no, you got to stop playing now we're going to watch something then you yeah, just, and then instead you of and... you know having to power it off and go sit in your room and yeah. read a book or something like <laughs> you did in the old days, yeah. you just unplug it and it just kind of keeps going. Yeah. yeah. Stop playing that game on the TV. <laughs> We've got a roof party to get to. Pack <laughs> <laughs> up your stuff. Mm. Yeah. So and not as portable as a portable device either. If you've got to take yeah. controllers around with you, yeah. But I'm presuming and... they'll have some kind of an accessory kit bag or something for that. Yep. Yeah for like 30 or 40 pounds I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you wish yeah so that is Switch more games coming out later in the year including Super Mario Odyssey which is mm. their first Mario game which looks really good yeah well it looks different yeah. it looks very weird. different very weird very different mm. he's going through all sorts of weird like different worlds including one that basically looks like a realistic rendering of New York yeah <laughs> but he doesn't 
Yeah. No. So what's that all about? He he is big, cartoony, massive-headed, <laughs> massive-bodied Mario yeah. wandering around with these sort of realistically proportioned people. Mm. It's yeah. bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You wanted him to come out looking like Bob Bob Hoskins from the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> film. <laughs> Mario Mario. Yeah finally tie it into that canon yeah, yeah. finally when, bring it back when yeah. mario and the goombas go through this mystical portal and appear in the realistic <laughs> new york mm. then they suddenly look like their movie counterparts and everything <laughs> makes sense <laughs> finally everything makes sense mm. i mean considering they released what's that book the herulean something they released a massive book explaining the whole chronology and lore behind zelda yeah, yeah. but we don't know anything about mario mm. We don't know where he comes from. I think Miyamoto has said uh, in the past, Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario, mm. um, that he kind of views him and all of the, like, Luigi and Bowser and stuff as kind of like actors that you can slot into a whole <laughs> bunch of different situations. Kind of like you have your core core cast and then you just yeah. put them in different in different plays or whatever. So the mario mario playing tennis and mario racing carts and mario going and saving princess peach are just kind of yeah. like it's the same actor almost in different, different kind world. of yeah. roles okay right so yeah there's no no big mario universe unfortunately yeah. okay yeah well, on that downer <laughs> uh, a couple of other things uh, that i've got here then so firstly was uh, Google. Google, always innovating, uh, are soon to release an update to Maps, which will show you how easy a destination is to park at. Um, I think this is live in their beta for for US people yeah. anyway, in the latest uh, beta of Google Maps. Yeah. As it goes. So yeah. we'll get it eventually. <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, do you drive, Dom? No. Okay, right. <laughs> no, David. It, a... it looks interesting, but it's not not something that you can appreciate. Yeah. How it yeah. might be might be good. Um, game changer for you, David. Having looked into it, um, I'm not sure if it if it live told you how you know. So Busy. my the thing that I think of most of is I have a Cineworld card, so we go to cinema. Exactly Cineworld. where I went. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> go to Cineworld quite regularly and sometimes it's totally fine finding parking and other times there's an event on at the arena next door mm. and then there is no parking at all and you arrive with 10 minutes to spare for your film and half an hour later you turn around again and go home <laughs> because you've been circling the car park for 30 minutes not found anywhere and then that's it um the impression I'm getting at at least at the moment it's just kind of like it I think it's taking data from so Google Maps for a long time has sort of sent you questions uh, so like if you go to a restaurant and then over the next few days it might send you a bunch of questions saying you know is this restaurant family friendly yeah does this restaurant accept bookings and things so I think what it's doing is it's taking data from that saying was it easy to find parking here right and just kind of aggregating that so in the instance of the cine world car park where sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad and what i really want to know is is parking bad right now and yeah, so do yeah. i need to set off with 20 minutes to circle a car park or is it fine and i can leave you know just in time to rock up and 
stroll into the movie you know halfway through the adverts yeah i don't think it does that i think it just says like on average it's either easy or you know difficult to find medium or difficult to find parking here yeah i'd i'd say cineworld will always be busy (laughs) always and i think it kind of is blind luck about whether you get there and you're parked up straight away or whether it's half an hour you're mm. waiting because you just have to be in the right place at the right time to park in Cineworld mm. I think Cineworld is probably it's it's the thing that both of us immediately went to it's probably <laughs> not yeah, it's use cases you yeah. know this is yeah. this is it's, this is it's what a use case us. Yeah. it is a use case I'm not sure that it's the one they're necessarily thinking of right now I think they're more thinking of you're going to somewhere you've never been before so you're yeah. navigating there using Google yeah. Maps because you've never been there before uh, and it will tell you as part of showing you the route and saying how long it thinks it's going to take to drive there. It will yeah. also tell you whether or not you're likely to want to spend a few more minutes looking for parking yeah. or maybe find a parking spot as you pass it mm. rather than getting right to your destination. Mm. Yeah, I uh, my concern when I was just starting to drive was always, you know, what what what's the route ahead from where I am right now to where I need to park. I I like to know what the journey ahead is going to entail. Mm. I still have that now when I accidentally get into the wrong lane mm. and all the panic kicks in. I'm like, oh, what if I never get back into the right lane? <laughs> there have been situations where I think, oh, based on how difficult that looks to park out, maybe I just won't go or I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. Which again, you could see as being quite negative for businesses. Mm, yeah have a really nice restaurant but if it says oh man yeah don't come near here just don't <laughs> parking's <It's>, complete yeah. <laughs> disaster <laughs> complete disaster um then it could but, but that's just google all over isn't it they could yeah. they could destroy us like that if they just wanted to tweak <laughs> something in their algorithm or database yeah. somewhere and um, to tie into this i was showing you yesterday a gif that i saw of a new capture as well so capture as uh, uh is it recapture or capture mm. it stands for something clever which i'm going to google while you talk about it <laughs> okay uh, which uh, when you visit a website and you need to put in sensitive information then you'll often be greeted with a capture which is a device to make sure that you're not a robot so that goes from quite a simple click the checkbox to identify the pictures that include cars in this four by four grid of random things or what does this sign say uh, which as well as being a a tool to detect whether a human or not is also building a quite generous me- library of data somewhere um, what, what do you have for us on that uh, CAPTCHA is a backronym for completely automated public Turing test to tell computers and humans apart <laughs> nice <laughs> What was that back what now? A backronym. So an acronym is where you've got like all the letters, you know, stand for different words. A backronym is something where you've specifically chosen the words so that you get oh, a right. nice acronym out of uh, it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so what does recapture mean? Uh, it's just a version of a capture. Yeah. Oh, okay. Unbelievable. So they're not even going to assign words to it. <laughs> Fine. So they've introduced a new one, which I saw, which is... Here's a picture outlined the sign, the road oh, sign. Okay. So I guess they're they're able now through asking you what a, what a sign says to pass what it means mm. or or uh, you know what select the people 
to like yeah. the house. You know, you can, you can tell what things are, but I guess road signs specifically in in a scenario like this, if you could outline a road sign, it could then go, oh right, okay, let's run that through some filters. That's a stop sign or that's yeah. a one way sign. We'll put this information into Google Maps. Yeah, that's a parking sign which mm, says that you can park free for an hour, but then it's going to cost you 50p yeah. every 30 minutes. And that's information they could put into Google Maps. Yeah. It would be cool, going back to your issue with, is it is there an event on at Cineworld, uh, at the uh, arena and I can't park at Cineworld? They might be able to uh, pass through public events on Google Calendars. Yeah. Um, which might might help with that. I'm not sure that they would do that, but... Uh, there's a there's a whole raft of data out there. Yes. I think the question is like who owns it? How yeah. much is it available publicly? How much would you have to pay to gain access yeah. to it? Is it actually, you know, being updated? Yeah. So you can get like there's all these um there's a Sainsbury's near us that has one of these sort of parking sensors in all of the different uh parking spaces. So oh, it will tell yeah. you like to the to the number how many parking spaces are free in each section because it's got a sensor there which can tell whether there's a car in the space or not yeah like if you put that kind of information online and then google were able to slurp it up into google maps and they could tell you you know you know there's plenty of free parking at sainsbury's right now <laughs> or parking's getting busy <laughs> i just then... thought of a joke that they should put in the simpsons or something where you got one of those and it's like it's the outside of a supermarket and a big sign saying 200 spaces available and then you see a mercedes drive <laughs> or a bmw drive in and park up and it says 197 spaces available. <laughs> <laughs> they can have that one <laughs> right uh the last thing that i've got here is um this is this came out at the start of january around the fourth but uh I, it was something i wanted to talk about last week which was uh, that Apple were going to introduce a theater mode into their latest version of the OS. Is this? I don't think this is like announced as an Apple thing. No, is it? it's it, sort of rumors swirling. Yeah, rumors swirling, which also uh, might also not be true. I think 10.3, which is the version that they theorized it was going to come out in, mm. is out now, and I don't think it's a feature in it. But there was an article on The Guardian and Business Insider as well, just talking about the theater mode and in, are we, well, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> Allowing, so, yeah, theater what, mode. what was the hypothesis behind what this theater mode was supposed to do? So there's various things about it being either a high contrast mode or essentially another version of Do Not Disturb, which does a bunch of things. Yeah. Turns off, vibrates, turns the... Uh, screen brightness right down if there was high contrast mode enable mm. that um, the idea being so that people could look at their phones without interrupting people around them and this is where the contention comes in yeah because you get the cinephiles who say that nobody should be touching their phone it should be off like not even on silent it yeah. should be switched off and mm -hmm. get out of my cinema <laughs> um, and then you get the people who are like oh well there's there's people who will sit in their cinema thing on their phone with the screen brightness all the way up yeah. and just distracting everybody. So if you put in a theatre mode, then maybe people will start using it and they will turn on theatre mode and then you'll have people sat there still using their phones, but it will be silent. It yeah. will be vibrating at its lowest setting. It will be, yeah. you know, the screen will be as dark as it can be mm -hmm. and it'll be way less distracting. So it's the better of two evils. 
yeah yeah Pe- people are gonna look at their phones mm. unless you go somewhere like america i think there's a place called the the oh, what is it is the alamo alamo is there something draft house or yeah which is a theater in america that prides itself on its very very low tolerance for mobile phones and will throw people out if they see anything so the the guy there was a bit of sort of twitter back and forth around this theater mode and the like the owner of the this theater train mm-hmm. chain company is it a chain or is it an individual theater i think it's an individual one yeah so he was he was very much bashing apple and this yeah. theoretical theater yeah. mode and how you know how terrible it was and how you know this just encourage people to start using their phones in the cinema and nobody should be using their phone and blah 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 kind of slightly affects his point when you think that one of the things you can do in his theaters is you can order food to your seat so you can get <laughs> yeah. a meal brought to yeah. you in the middle of the wow. film <laughs> which i'm sure is totally not distracting for everybody around you yeah it, yeah it is a kind of double standard isn't it but that's but you could argue that you know cinema is a very uh idealized kind of thing mm. so especially off the back of going to see la la land the other the other week and I thought, and that's that's a very very high relate, highly rated film it's oscar nominated and all that and it's all about you know hearkening to a golden age of cinema and all this and oh pro- projectors yeah before this imax nonsense and all that <laughs> and uh, I wonder if the the whole thing about oh popcorn and nachos and maybe that that's that's in that that ethos, the core identity of cinema, whereas maybe mobile phones are more relative thing, aren't? Yeah, perhaps I don't know. Yeah, I I have tolerance for people rustling in popcorn packets. Yeah. I do to an extent. Occasionally, yeah, to yeah. an extent. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I don't want somebody lighting up their you know the seats around them with their mobile phone yeah mm-hmm. while they're sat on facebook instead of watching a film yeah yeah, yeah true I, I don't understand i don't know maybe my parents just drilled into me that we're watching a film now if you're not on your phone mm-hmm. uh, but i don't understand why you'd need to if you've gone and paid to watch a film then Some why people, not sit and watch the film <laughs> people do it to pass the time yeah i think yeah. is the impression <laughs> i get yeah i mean we i went to see moana uh shortly before you went to see La La Land um, yeah did you see the whole of your film I did see the whole of my film I got in and out without <laughs> anything like save the power cutting out yeah I'll tell you what's disruptive forget screen glowing from screens it's when the power cuts out mm. 15 minutes before the end and then because no one really understands the technology they can't just restart the film from where it was yeah uh, I oh, suspect well. that's to do with licensing actually maybe um, like a oh it oh, says yeah. here you've played the film 12 times instead of yep. 13 i yeah. am i am not an expert in this but i have yeah. heard sort of ideas i've heard something around the idea that you kind of like your especially the big blockbuster films report back to um sony hq or whoever every yeah. time you play it and it's all very digitally rights managed and stuff yeah. so to really clamp down on theaters sort of reporting the correct number of showings and making sure that you know sony or united artists or whoever is getting exactly the right amount of money for every single showing so yeah i, I suspect that it's probably to do with that that they can't just restart in the middle of uh, you know 15 minutes from the end so do they know that from the second the power went out to 20 
25 minutes later when they finally came in to give me my coupon to see a free film next time I'm there and order me off the premises. Maybe uh, they're on the phone. Maybe. Back to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's only 15 minutes. <laughs> it's Oscar nominated. They'll yeah. never know what happens at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my point was Moana. A lot of parents like supervising small kids. Those parents are not into that film. They're, oh, they're yeah. entirely okay. there to have their kids sat and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so fair enough. I mean, something, something like that. I can, I'm not, I I'm not saying Moana is a bad film. Oh, we uh, went. It's a good film. Yeah, but yeah, those those parents didn't seem to care. Yeah. Well, we had a, like a, there was a um, a baby uh, in La La Land, and I thought, uh, you know, you a kid's gonna do what a kid's gonna do. That's fine. I can deal with that. It's people who should know better. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the baby didn't have a phone. So, <laughs> wasn't a problem. Right, let's wrap this up. Before we do kickstart of the week, I struggled a bit, um, but I found this one with a little bit of time to spare. Um, if uh, if you bear with me for a second, I will. Ah, uh, here we go. So, it's called the EVO two two one or EVO two two one. You're not going to guess from the name what it is, <laughs> unless you want to guess anyway. I'm assuming it's nothing to do with fighting tournaments <laughs> no no not even slightly uh it is a uh it's a modern toilet it's it's <laughs> the it's the toilet you've always wanted um bless it kind of actually um it saddens me a bit but i'll get to that <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, this is, uh, I'll show, show you a picture as ever it'll go on the website. Here's it, some concepts. So we don't have actually anything in production yet. It yeah. comes in a variety of bright colours, apparently. Or, or maybe it <laughs> will. There you go. Adam, feast your eyes on that. Looks good. Looks, okay. like, uh, looks like a games console. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's the, the world's first Wi-Fi enabled toilet, but definitely um, one of the most widely available in different colors <laughs> except it's not right uh so um just taking this from the page here um the modern toilet clearly doesn't line up with everybody's needs a design <laughs> evolution is required and the evo 221 as i'm gonna call it um, promises exactly that it's a new type of toilet design that's accessible adjustable and altogether revolutionary literally it does spin round like not all the way around but you can angle it um, okay. if, if you want it so the evo 221 promises more than just adjustability though uh, incorporating techni technologies used by nasa i feel like that's a sentence in like 50 percent of kickstarters <laughs> yeah. technology used by nasa formula one and the aviation industry uh, it's truly the next evolution in toilet design it's made of plastic instead of porcelain and it's very durable and very hygienic. It even has a self-cleaning function that uses UV lights to kill any pathogens. So uh, that's quite good. Um, yeah, suntan while you sit. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, got a raise and tilt functionality designed to make getting up and down easier. Um, it's also good for like if you have younger members of the family because it can like lower all the way down. Um, it's got uh, the signature Maelstrom flush system, uh, which saves water, and uh, it's Bluetooth compatible as well. <laughs> oh, capable! Just drop that one in at the yeah. end. Right. Yeah. For what what particular reason would I want to sync my new toilet with 
some other Bluetooth device? I don't know, because this, this sentence is very vague. It says, it? <laughs> users will be able to monitor their usage through their Wi-Fi access. <laughs> I don't know what it means by usage, but apparently you can also... You pair it with an app and you can adjust things like the toilet's height and, and the built-in okay. lighting, which I didn't even talk about, um, before you even walk into the bathroom. So, uh, But if you do that on the way up to the bathroom and somebody's in there, I can imagine <laughs> yeah. they'd get a, a bit of a... There's probably a sensor to some, tell you if someone's yeah, there. Yeah, it probably tells you. Yeah, it Probably has. get a notification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, subscribe to the mailing list. You can actually see at the top of the... Um, top of the toilet there is actually a little lcd display as well that tells you yeah. things like the time so if you remove the flush handle can you use it as a games controller yeah it doesn't mention <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's good uh, it doesn't actually mention a flush i wonder if that's automated or something um it d doesn't mention uh no it doesn't maybe mention. you have to kick off the maelstrom flush from your phone yeah <laughs> yeah maybe over right. bluetooth yeah, um, but that's good because that means that other people who don't have one of these toilets can also join in. <laughs> Somebody could hack into my Wi-Fi <laughs> just flush, and flush my toilet constantly. <laughs> flush the toilet in Morse code to send me messages. Um, so this this is the bit that saddens me a bit. So there's 26 hours to go on this, and uh, it's only got 300 Canadian dollars of its 150,000 Canadian dollar goal. Oh dear. But bless him, the guy that uh, the guy that made it. Um, it says here, <laughs> it's, there's like a little uh, about him. It says here, find out why Evo two two one CEO Ivan Gotchko quit law school to pursue the less travelled path that led to Evo two two one. He quit law school. Bless him. Um, I mean, there's there's other other funding avenues. Mm. I like it. It's, uh, it's How much good. is it? Um, I didn't actually. Uh, I didn't actually. Oh, uh, five hundred dollars, I think, Canadian dollars. Five hundred dollars. So mm. he hasn't even made the money. He hasn't even made. I'm just looking. I just want to confirm yeah. that. So for two hundred dollars, you can get uh, a thirty by forty canvas of the wireframe design of it. <laughs> Um, perfect for any bathroom. Yeah. Um, oh wow! Donate six hundred and receive a canvas of the wireframe with three sets of UV lights controllable through a phone app. There's an awful lot of these pledge donations that are a canvas. Is he selling yeah. toilets or is he selling <laughs> artwork? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually mention any pledges that give you the toilet. This may be the problem with why this Kickstarter didn't succeed. Yeah. Usually Maybe. you want at least one pledge that will give you the product <laughs> that you're apparently interested in and want to fund. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, why would you? Yeah, that's the thing that's where he's that's where he's let himself down a bit. Uh, he's only got six backers. Bless. Oh, there you go. Was Kickstarter of the week? A warehouse full of canvases of things. <laughs> <laughs> going. Wireframes of toilets. Yeah. yeah. Some with Philips Hue technology in them. <laughs> um, I wonder if they were going to pair with Philips Hue for the technology in the actual toilet. Mm -hmm. For the light displays and what have you. <laughs> Alexa, set, <laughs> set my toilet to red. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's us. 
So if you want to get in touch with us about anything that we've discussed, um, then drop us an email, podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or send us a tweet at unravelingtech. That's the one. The blog, as ever, unravelling.technology. Anything for us this week, Adam? You were talking to something about me earlier. Uh, Talking to me about something earlier. Yeah, it was about keeping emails private at work. Very good. Very relevant in this Mm. day and age. So tune in for that and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining me today. Uh, But from me, Joe, David, Dom, and Adam, thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye. 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 Thank you.